0: Hello, my name is Xavier Mercado and this is Spearhead Conversations. Today I'm joined by special guest Jasmine Tyler. Jasmine Tyler is the Director of Community Engagement and Execution for the Iverson Classics, nationally known for some of the most brightest athletes in the nation coming all together. She is also the founder of Keep Your Head Up Society. Uh, As a breast cancer survivor, she's trying to bring awareness and uh, her her ambition and her motivation and has been an inspiration for the past year that I've followed. Uh, I reached out, she agreed, so here we are. <laughs> so without further ado, how you doing, Jasmine?
1: I am blessed. Yeah. I am blessed. I feel amazing. Yeah, at where I'm at in my life.
0: Yeah, you be, man, you are. I will say this: you are one busy woman. Yes. <laughs>
1: I, am. <laughs> I have three children, so and we all have our own separate lives. So yeah,
0: yeah. It's a, well. Um, even getting to this point it just talks about how busy you are. I mean, you've been really a, a advocate for community here mm-hmm. in Milwaukee, and that's that's one of the first things I've noticed about you. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to just give flowers where flowers are due, and just say thank you, Be- thank you, because this is what this city needs. Mm-hmm you know, um, as a minority, as minorities in this city, um, there's a lot of hurdles we have to go through yes. to succeed in this world. And, yes. um, advocates like you, you open doors, you Thank let you. these, these children see where they can take their potential. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just, I, I, am really excited. I was really excited for this episode and I'm, I'm really grateful that you're here. So, um,
1: I thank you for allowing me to utilize your platform yeah. to speak as well. so it's mutual and I'm proud because yeah. when you reached out, I don't think you had started it yet.
0: Yeah it was it was in the mix, Since yeah the yeah, so mm-hmm.
1: to see that you actually went through with it mm-hmm. um, was inspiring and it's dope you yeah. know just to watch it transition into something to what it is now
0: for sure yeah, man I just it's it's I'm at a point in my life where you know I s- stop talking. Let's get it together. Yes. You know? So, um, I, I again, I'm appreciative you're on here. And uh, with that, you want to jump in? Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, where were you born?
1: Here. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Right. Um I grew up on 14th and Burleigh. Okay. My grandparents migrated from the South via Chicago okay. in the uh, 1950s. I purchased a home on 14th in Burlai, 1959.
0: 14th in Burlai.
1: Yep. Burlai, Zulu. Zulu. Hey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I grew up, I was born in New York. Okay. I was born in the Bronx. Still got family there. And then um, we moved here when I was six months. I fo- uh, my family followed my abuela, Okay. And then my abuela lived here for a little bit. And then she moved back. <laughs>
1: She was like dope. No. Yeah, it
0: was 16th <laughs> in Greenfield. Before okay. that, it was 21st in Beecher. We hopped around. Yeah. But um, got a love from Milwaukee. Yes. Yeah. A deep love. <laughs> it made me who I am. For sure. Well, how was your childhood?
1: Um, my childhood was there's two sides. It was very traumatic. Yes. Um, but also it taught me, my family taught me, meaning like my mother and my aunts. Our family was we had our issues, but we were a very loving family. Mm-hmm. Um, very traditional growing up. Um, but my mother took a different route than yeah. what her sisters did. And in a result, I feel like she may have felt like she was on an island by herself. Yeah. Which forced her to raise her children. Um in environments that necessarily wasn't conducive, okay. you know, mm-hmm. um, but as I got older and became an adult, I learned to embrace that. Yeah. Um, I'm actually in the second phase of healing from sure. traumatic situations um, of me as a child.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like that's very important. It is, you know, um, through these episodes that I've done, I've, I've, I've mentioned that my stepfather walked out, mm-hmm. and for the longest, I held on to this, and I finally came to the realization of why am I talking about it? Yeah. How about you go out and get these answers? Yeah. So as of recently, I reached out, and we've been talking, and in a way to move forward because it's very important. Yeah. I don't come from the best. Uh, I won't say that my upbringing was bad, but, mm. you know, it, we ha- we definitely had our, our barriers that, yeah. that we climbed through.
1: It was like, you know, like my mom's house and then his grandma's house, Yeah, you know. Sure. And everybody in my family grew up at my grandmother's house. My aunt, um, who passed away, my auntie Netta, she didn't have any children. Mm-hmm. So she was like a second mother to us. Um, but for the most part... I try to hold on to the things that I recognize as making me who I am today. Yeah. And I'm trying to let go of the tragic things mm-hmm. that happened um, so that I won't be constantly in defense mode mm-hmm. when I'm maneuvering throughout the world. And yeah. it took me a while to recognize that, mm-hmm. that I was always in survivor mode, always in defense mode. Yeah. and I didn't realize it until I started to hear from others that I wasn't approachable, per to say, which I'm like, what? (laughs) You know, like I'm probably one of the easiest person, you know, people to talk to. But it took me a while to really realize how messed up I was Mm -hmm. based off of things that happened when I was younger.
0: Well, good for you. You know what I mean? I I think that's one of the bravest things uh, us as humans we can do is really confront. Yes. Confront traumas. Yep. Um, I I, I commend you because I as I'm going through it right now too, yeah. and um yeah it's, it's, it's it, the weight that's being released from my shoulders. I know you can relate to this, but um it, it's it's definitely I've come a long way.
1: I have too. Um, and no one has ever asked me that in an interview, so I appreciate it. Yeah. And I was at first a little reluctant and I'm going to be completely transparent in real time yeah. because I feel like we are in a point in the world where we have to allow others to hear our testimonies so that they can fully understand Sam. how we got to where we are right so at 5 we stayed on 16th in Kiev and we got robbed mm-hmm. and I woke up at 5 with a gun pointed in my face so oh my from that incident I've never been able to get a good night's sleep at night. For sure. And it's always been traumatic, mm-hmm. especially when you have children. It's like, I couldn't imagine my six-year-old going through oh, that, right? man. By the time I got to nine, I was molested. Oh, my gosh. By the time I hit 14, I started to uh, smoke. I was smoking weed mm-hmm. heavily, in which now I know was a coping mechanism or something. For so. sure. Um. And I got pregnant at 18 and had two children by 20. And even though I was young, mm-hmm. I always had like my own house, car, job, stuff like yeah. that. I was very self sufficient. But um, I didn't realize until now how much yeah. I had been through. And I've learned to give myself grace, yeah. which I feel like is extremely important.
0: Well, yeah. I, I gotta say, thank you for being an inspiration. I mean that not not many people could could come out and just say that. Yeah. You know? And I've
1: never said it publicly. <laughs> hey, 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 hey,
0: hey, hey. like but that the bravery within that, mm. the transparency, the, the people do need to hear these testimonies. Yes. This is part reason why I've created a platform like this because there's so many beautiful souls within this this city yes. that I feel are overlooked yep. and not given a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my biggest things for here is integrating mm-hmm. all the ethnicities that make Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Yes, you know, and, and through that, it's it's trying to tap in to our core. Because I mean, I always I bring this up more than once. When them Bucks went to the championship, listen, you see Milwaukee at its
1: <laughs> at <is> true truest self. <laughs> you okay. seen what that Dear District <laughs>
0: looked like, yes. and and for the first time in so many decades you've seen the unity and the and the power of our city and i you know creating the platform i wanted to tap into that yeah. i wanted to bring that together so thank you for 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 that's going into ready. that that's as brave as can be and i really commend that as a child mm-hmm. now you you went through these 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 trials right we got through these hurdles yep what were things that took your mind off of the, the daily struggles you went through?
1: My dreams. Yeah. My dreams is literally what kept me alive. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. Through the trauma, there was a lot of happy moments mm-hmm. as a child, um, primarily because where we grew up at On Barla, it was a community. So <clears throat> the families that lived on the block had been there for, since the 50s, with our family. So we, we were one big community, right? Yeah. Um. But I learned at an early age in second grade to utilize my dreams as an scapegoat, yeah. you know, to just dive so deep into them to where my reality was not my reality. Mm-hmm. And that's a gift and a curse because when you're young, it gets you through. But when you become an adult, you don't realize that yep. it's time to snap out of it sure. to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. But the, the dreams is what kept me moving and kept me going and I'm glad I never gave up because I'm accomplishing them
0: now oh you to me you (laughs) you copy time general you (laughs) name it like I've seen I've seen you over this past year like I said I've been following and and just the 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 mentality Mm -hmm. that you 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 bring in it it just it's been amplified through the accomplishments you've had just within the year that I've been following yeah so um it, it it says a lot um, music was a big thing for you it growing was. up. So
1: I actually started, before music, I started poetry in second grade.
0: That's how I got on to music.
1: I love um, There was my older cousin, we call her, her name is Jasmine too, but we mm-hmm. call her Big Jazz. Um, she would go into her house, she would have every word of poster on her wall. Um, the first rap group I was introduced to as a child was Bone Thugs and Harmony. All day. Um, (laughs) Then followed by Tupac Shakur, MC Light. You Mm -hmm. know, like she was a huge hip-hop head. And although I didn't know then and there that I wanted to rap, Mm -hmm. um, it was, you know, the start of something brewing inside of me. And I remember going to school. I went to Hartford Elementary um, by UWM, and I remember going to school, and my teacher assistant, Dr. Pugh, she was my favorite. She was like, I'm going to put you in the African-American Show for Black History Month. Yeah. And we're going to have you do a poem. So my mom went and got the African material and bought my mirror, everything I needed. Get it. And she called Miss uh, Maddie Bellwoods, uh, <laughs> rest in peace. And she put me on the front page of the Milwaukee Courier in 1990. <laughs> Look at her.
0: <laughs> Look at her. <laughs> I'm not going to say the year, but just yeah. know it was in the 90s. Uh. Um,
1: so, I think as a child seeing my face mm-hmm. on the newspaper was like I wasn't super excited, but it was different. Yeah. And by 4th grade, um I started entertaining what it would be like to to make music, mm-hmm. although I didn't dive into it until later on in middle school because I started basketball after the poetry. Yeah. And I dug deep into the sports world. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How long did you do basketball for?
1: Um, I started in fifth grade. Um, I didn't stop until maybe 10th grade. Okay. Um, And even then, I didn't stop. It was just, so I started the poetry, um, started basketball in fifth grade. I was actually standing in my aunt's kitchen, and Iverson was playing. That was was his rookie year. Good old AI, the crossover. (laughs) When I seen him, it was like... I was, I've never seen nothing like that before. And yeah. I'm a child, you know, mm-hmm. so my intentions are pure. It's, it's nothing other than this man looks like a superhero yeah. running up and down the court. Followed by that year, Shrill Swoops.
0: Okay, Made my yeah. way
1: into the industry, into the sports. And that's when it was a realization that I could do what he did because now I see that a woman is doing it right. Yeah, that's right. So I played basketball at Hartford fifth grade. And I put in an application for Sammy Morris Middle School, which was for the gifted and talented, and I got accepted. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, they didn't have a girls' basketball team. Wow. So I felt like—well, first I have to back up. I have to shout out my cousin April because she used to take me to the Journey House in elementary school on mm-hmm. the south side
0: okay. to play
1: basketball. And I would wake up every morning in the summer to teach myself how to walk the ball because I wanted— to have the handles like Iverson that, I wanted to be the only Isn't girl, that crazy? You
0: know? <laughs> it was it, it was Iverson and T-Mac for me.
1: Oh, I love. Before yeah. Iverson it was Penny Hardaway. Penny. But that was really because of his shoes. You know it was like the flyest kicks back <laughs> yeah. there, right? Um I got but, a
0: funny story about Penny's shoes that. I got my hands on some size uh 9s back in <laughs> 2007 and you know pennies yeah they were definitely too big i'm a size at the time i was a size seven (laughs) (laughs) children (laughs) feet oh my god and i wore them i would wear wear them and i thought i was super cool and it was like no (laughs) stop what are you doing
1: (laughs) but um yeah so they didn't have a basketball team Mm -hmm. so i joined the chess club and i was just intrigued by you know the mentality you had to have in order to play. Just mm-hmm. um, by seventh grade, still no basketball team. Although I was playing outside of school, mm-hmm. my dream was just to play for a school, for but sure. it wasn't happening, and I was becoming frustrated. So I started to find other things to um, to do. Fulfill that, fulfill exactly. that that want. Yeah, and music came up. So it was I seen Shiraz Sloan's Oki and. George, they were all rapping at yeah. the lunch table, beating on the table rapping, 7th yeah. grade. And then I'm like, I want to do it. You know, so Sherrod wrote my rap. And then there was Christopher Buford and <laughs> Francie and Tawan and Tank. And they was the other yeah. team. So now it's like- We got the
0: originals yeah, out here. <laughs>
1: it's kind of made a click versus y'all, right? Yeah. Um, so I remember 7th grade was the first time I recorded a record in the basement and the door was a mattress. We didn't know what we were doing, but it was so fun. Yeah. And I heard myself, and I took every artist I had loved, like Pac, Bone, and I created this person, mm-hmm. you know, in the booth. And um, I would go on to be known for being one of the best female rappers yeah. in Milwaukee on my teenage and 20s
0: I get it yeah well that wasn't the only talent you had (laughs) it wasn't because you just full of surprises (laughs) and who would have thought that you acted
1: (laughs) so acting um and I, i promise i can't make this up you can ask any of my family members yeah right i first gained an interest in acting when i seen juice
0: oh gay got you got you
1: that was one of my favorite movies Mm -hmm. now whether I was old enough to watch it is a different question (laughs) but we're not gonna gonna go into that that, right (laughs) um but I was so intrigued by every character Mm -hmm. and I had the hugest crush on Raheem I felt like Raheem which is um like he was you Know he was cute, he was. Yeah. I think all well, the, the young ladies back there had a crush on right yeah. Um, so later on, eighth grade, I ended up auditioning for the African American mm-hmm. Children's Theater, and my acting coach happens to be my K4 pair, teacher, okay, which was another full circle that I had not recognized, mm-hmm. you know, at that time. Um, and I met Ray Nitti's wife, Amanda. Oh, wow, both. Um, started acting there she was a little bit older than me but um, I love you know hanging around Mm -hmm. her and it was one of the greatest experiences that I've ever had so I realized that I love although I love acting I like I like running shit you know so (laughs) writing scripts and directing and stuff like that is really where I've seen myself Mm -hmm. um and I put so much energy into the music that I forgot about the acting. Yeah. So now that I'm not doing music, I've been focusing more on writing scripts gotcha. and getting behind the camera and, you know, mm-hmm. into a film. Man.
0: Yeah. Is there anything you can do? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, community is something that is, I, I that's uh, the a- advocacy for that is, from you. Yeah. Um, why is it so important?
1: Because it made me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, where I grew up, I grew up in a in the 90s. I was born in the 80s, but I grew up in the 90s. And the 90s was a critical time because that was the last, I feel like that was the last time where there was a real sense of community where everybody in the in the, the neighborhood yeah, we were outside each other, Exactly. Yeah. We all took care of each other. Uh, one parent could check your kid without you feeling offended. You yep. know, kids mm-hmm. weren't disrespectful. But. My community raised me. yes. And as early as I can remember, even as a child, I've always wanted to help people, right? Mm -hmm. So I've done that. I didn't do it on a larger scale until I remember I was in Atlanta, and I had to be about 22 at the time, but I was real heavy into my music, and I was getting on throughout the industry. And there was a case... Um, in Milwaukee with Derek Williams mm-hmm. and it happened on the East side and I felt the need to use my voice, voice. you know, in yep. mm-hmm. my influence. Um, and this is literally like right when Instagram and Twitter started. Yep. So the incident didn't happen, um, during that time. But by the time I got on social media it was becoming, you know, mm-hmm. a big deal. So um, for me, it was like, I'm going to go back home and see how I can help. And um, Tori Lowe, he was the one who was working with the family. And I reached out to him, and I was like, hey, I seen this on the news. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know Derek personally, but he just looked so familiar. And we did end up, you know, finding out later that I had a lot of – we had a lot of mutual friends. Yes. Um, But something called me to come back home and to get involved. And I just wanted to – I wanted to see if the influence I had in music would force other artists mm-hmm. to do what we used to do back in the '90s, where we would sure. take our platform and actually, you know, um, utilize it to give back. And I sat through the entire case with the family. Mm-hmm. Um, we did marches, you know, protests, everything, and to see every cop. Get on the stand and plead the fifth was so sickening to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a child hearing my aunt talk about Ernest Lacey. Wow. And her apartment, he was killed, he was assassinated by the cops um, yep. next door to um, right on the side of her apartment building. Yeah. And I remember her uh, talking about it. And growing up, my aunt, my auntie Netta, who passed, she was probably the best, her and my aunt. KK were the best examples I had of black women who were strong, who were fierce, yep. who were about, you know, somewhat about the movement.
0: They understood, you know, the the, the type of voice. Exactly. They had. Yeah.
1: Um so after that I felt like I can't stop now. Yeah. And I ended up doing um this song called American Dream mm-hmm. and I shot a video to it and that's when I realized that I could no longer do music in the capacity that I was doing it in mm-hmm. because I was contributing to situations like that. Yeah. And I made the executive decision to um, either not make music or mm-hmm. make music that was of a caliber that could speak the truth and put some healing back into our people.
0: Well, you've you've been working fiercely yeah. from what I see. You created a, a program. Yep. We locked in. Yep. And why don't you tell everyone what that that program provides?
1: So last year there was an incident. Matter of fact, it was uh, when the was that? No, it wasn't when the Bucks won the championship, but it was—I want to say we was in six— We was in five or six. We was close, basically. And it was an incident at the Pfizer Forum where—
0: In the Deer District. Yep. Yep.
1: Where people were shot. Yep. And instantly, everyone started blaming the kids.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: Even though the report shows that it was Mm (laughs) adults, everyone started to blame the children, which forced me to understand that there were targets on their back. And I have two—I have three children, but I have two teenagers. Mm -hmm. So I called Ray Nitti— and I called um, Von, Von Mays, Von Mays? and okay. I'm like, "Yo, like, what? What can we do?" So I ended up calling Chevy, the Mayor, uh, Mayor Johnson,
2: yeah.
1: and he, I was like, "We have to do something," you know. Mm-hmm. So he issued a curfew, but I'm like, "We have to do more." So me, Von, me and Von sat down and talked about some things, and Von actually came up with the lock-in program years back. Mm-hmm. He tried to implement it. And, um, you know, certain people and organizations would take his ideas and stuff like that. So it was a mutual contribution from mm-hmm. all three of us. Um, so we sat down and had some conversations. We started raising funds just from the community because we wanted it to be community based. Yeah. You know, anytime us as a people put <laughs> money into something, yes. um, we, we feel like we're included. We're so invest, I felt yeah, like that invested, that was, exactly, yeah. I felt like that was important to have the community contribute because then they'll have, you know, a say-so and like you said, mm-hmm. they'll be more invested. So um, shout out to Kevin Newell. Kevin Newell of Royal Capital Group actually purchased the OYMCA mm-hmm. um, in the Meadows and allowed us to use that space the entire summer to do the lock-ins. Yeah And the lock-ins What it's a bi-weekly program, overnight program. Awesome. So back in the day, we used to have lock-ins, whether yeah. it was at church, skating rink, YMCA. Um, but the idea was to put a twist on it. So we would do the lock-ins. We would have parents and community members volunteer, um, and then we would provide breakout sessions for um, activities for the kids. Yeah. So sewing, you know, um, basketball tournaments, gaming and each kid will leave with something, $50 or something. Yeah. Everybody's leaving with something. They're going to have some good food. Mm-hmm. And um, it's one of the the best collaborative creations that I've ever been a part of. And I'm extremely um, grateful to have Vaughn and Ray yeah. um, stand beside me and work with me to try and, you know, assist the, the youth to the best of our abilities.
0: Well, this is what I'm do. Yeah. <laughs> You guys, good for you. I mean, God bless y'all. Cause yeah. you know, again, we have the next phase of life coming, being raised right now, man. What are through through these past three years of COVID and and all this confusion? Yes, it's 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 programs like this that become a safe haven for these children yep. who don't have. Nothing A, to and do. nothing, yeah. And we
1: and we've managed to get the youth that nobody else wanna deals with, right? So, they talk so bad about the kids. That's yeah. you know, they're unreachable. They don't listen, mm-hmm. and we've never had an issue. Yeah, ever, no, you know? because
0: you because you're able to understand. They feel that you're the understanding is there. Exactly. You know exactly what they're going through yep. and I, I you know with our education system not to to beat down on it a lot of these teachers question why can I can I reach our student the student
1: yep
0: it's your approach
1: and you're not relatable and
0: you're not relatable exactly well becoming the change you want to see is a big thing mm-hmm. and for you um that became something purposeful. Yes. You ran as for Alderwoman of District 9 I here did. here in Milwaukee. Yep. Um, you're a mother of three. Yes. So I can only understand from that standpoint, you know, it's it's ultimately you wanting to bring a community together for, mm-hmm. for your children and the children in the city. Yes. Um, go more into detail with what brought you to that decision.
1: So just to, to set the record straight, I was actually asked to run Oh, okay, okay um and that's not towards you I just yeah, yeah, yeah for never, sure yeah you know totally I was asked to run and I contemplated on a while on a while whether or not because I'm a I like my privacy mm-hmm. and when you run for office all of your information is public from your address to your phone number everything right Oof. um and some people don't play fair you know mm-hmm. but for me it's like I don't even know and and I'll be honest when I say this. I don't even know if I cared if I won, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: right? The goal, the definition of winning to me wasn't necessarily sitting in that seat, but Mm -hmm. rather the fact that I was able to get people who have never voted and don't believe in the system to come out and vote. Um, The fact that I was able to get a better understanding Mm -hmm. of what people go through on their day-to-day Mm-hmm. Um, and to be clear, we had already been working in that district with the lock-ins. Yeah. Um, although I, I did not have any intentions on running during the startup of the lock-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, I did feel, feel great about being back in that community when I was running because I understood the dire need of the circumstances, circumstances surrounding that particular district. There was a youth prison okay. that was coming and still is, um, um, There were a lot of elderly people who were dealing with the um, issues with the stolen cars. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just like a forgotten zone. All of the resources were pulled. Yeah. And because I've worked in politics before and I've worked for an elected official before, um, I know that a lot of resources at the city are limited. Yeah. And I felt like I could utilize my network and my resources to bring some great things to the city. But going back to what I originally originally said in the beginning, Mm -hmm. um, for me, it was more so pulling people together to accomplish a bigger goal. Yeah. By the time I got closer to the election, I hadn't given up. I just realized that. I realized what God did.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I never told you you were gonna win. I never said that I put you in this position so you can win. I needed you to make a statement, mm-hmm. you know? And I had videos from so many different people, influencers, mm-hmm. celebrities, different, right? And it wasn't about name dropping, but it was more so to show what happens. If we all came together yeah. for one cause.
0: It's unity. I, I You inspired me, not because of that video, because I know what video you're talking about, but as an independent black woman mm-hmm. going against the odds of a, a system that's already in place. Come on now. That don't invite outside noise.
1: Yes. And that's why, I, not to cut you off, but that's yeah. why mm-hmm. I didn't want to win because I didn't want to compromise. Yeah. You know?
0: It, 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 that that is, from what I seen, I even changed my profile for your little. Yeah, you, I appreciate you, that. You know the banner. Yeah, uh, I changed my profile the night of the election or the day of the election, mm-hmm. um, and and that that inspired me. You I that. taking a stand like that, I you know around the time I was in connection with Nitty, mm-hmm. so uh, there was many channels of yeah. knowing who you were and. And I felt like you did bring that. Yeah. You, you did bring a sense of unity because it even pulled me into it. You know, like it's what can the statement that could be said mm-hmm. if we all just they could call our city small, but it really isn't. And I'd be telling people this. We are not a small city. We are numbers. Yes. And it, just understanding the the volume of the impact we can have. Yeah. What do you think from that experience you took from the most?
1: First and foremost, um, I'm one hell of a hustler. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and that started at a young age when I started braiding hair. And that's when I knew that I can do anything, right? Mm-hmm. But um, the fact that I could get up, go to work, run for office, take care of three children mm-hmm. by myself, take care of myself help my parents, um, and still be there for the community. Yeah. On top of the projects that I had working on. Yeah. Um, I felt like there's nothing I couldn't do. You know, I, I stress, yes. I was tired a lot. Mm-hmm. But I needed it. I needed it so that I wouldn't be comfortable. Yes. I needed to get back to a state of boots on the ground in grind mode. Yeah. Um so that I can always remind myself that nothing is going to come, you know, easy. For sure. And I also took away our people are so intelligent and they confuse them not voting with not caring, Mm -hmm. but rather the fact is they understand much more than what people think and reminded me to understand that there are certain systems, like you said, in place place. that we will never be a part of Mm -hmm. and that, you're running into a brick wall because the system is in place and it's set up to work the way that it's working. Yeah. So we can't dismantle something that is working the way that it's supposed to be working, mm-hmm. but rather we have to figure out how to maneuver through it and work together. Yeah. And I think that me being who I am and coming from where I come from, there were a lot of people who was talking shit, of course, because they've never seen somebody like me mm-hmm. run for office, right? Yeah. Um, but then there were people who were like, "Yo, you really did it! Yeah. Like, you at, really got out there and
0: At the end of the day, Jasmine, you stood for something. Yeah. And I think that is an accomplishment in itself. You did it by yourself. Yes. You, uh, when I say by yourself, you took, you 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 took that stance, mm-hmm. and through that, a whole community backed you. Yes. Don't. Don't think that there weren't people out there that voted for you. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? You knew. I know
1: it was. And you I was like, was. when I seen and and for context purposes, it was a special election. Yes. Meaning that we only had a certain amount of, you know, time. But for me, when yeah. I seen the numbers, I was like, I didn't care that I didn't win. I was just like, yo, you did <laughs> these amount of people actually, you yeah. know, voted for me and believed in me. And I hopped in a race late. Yeah. Like, there was people who had been running since July, and elections were in February. I didn't hop in until December.
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: So, I did that in two months, you know?
0: Bravo, man. <laughs> like- Bravo, man. I'm
1: like, yo.
0: <laughs> man.
1: But there were times where I would- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was one time in particular, I was laying in my bed, and I was like, you really done did it now. Yeah. You really <laughs> didn't hyped your ass up yeah. to run for office- and now you got everything out, right? Your address. And it was I was freaking out because I've been such a private person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not the person that people come to my house. I just always been like that. Unless it's my children's mm-hmm. um friends. Like I'm the one that always go over my family's and friend and friends' house. Mm-hmm. So the thought of people knowing and having access to like my whereabouts and me getting random mail, you know, um, it was it was creepy to yeah. me. And I've learned that I will never do it again because I I truly mm-hmm. um, I truly love my privacy. But most importantly, um, I don't need a seat, yeah, at that table, to help my people.
0: That's right. You don't need a seat at that table to know the impact you make in the community at all. And with man, that right there says everything. I think with you, um, and just the the research I've done. Mm-hmm. I think you're a special type of person. You've been through you have you've been through what most haven't, and I will say you're a breast cancer survivor. Yes. And with that, you created a found a, a foundation. A keep your head up, mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. Um, first, take me through what it was like for you. Yeah. When you received that news. Yeah. And what led through the journey of during that duration to form the foundation you have now?
1: So let's see. Um, tomorrow is actually five years of me being in remission, which is God bless you. Coincidentally, the last yeah. day of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, but it was initially it was hard because my aunt had had our favorite auntie. No slight to my other aunties. <laughs> Let me say that. They go I see in the be- <laughs> Yeah, I have to find another word to use. But the reason why I say that is because she was like a mother to all of us. Yeah. Well, my auntie had passed um, unexpectedly from cancer the year prior. Okay. So my family was had not grieved yet over that fully. And my son at the time was like 11, and he was like, Mom, are you gonna pass away? Are you gonna die like Auntinetta? And uh, it hit me so hard because I could not imagine like not being, you know, around for my children. And then my cousin Quisha, God rest her soul, was actually diagnosed the same time as me, but she didn't make it. I'm sorry to hear that. So it was a uphill battle because I had to, and I and I don't use the word survivor anymore because I don't want people to feel like because their loved ones didn't make it that they aren't survivors you. survivors, you know. Mm. So now I say I'm a, a cancer fighter. Um because I fought my way through yeah. and we all fought our way through. It's just some, um, you know, God chose a different path. Yeah. Um but when I was told that news, I was so stuck. Mm-hmm. Meaning so I was married for five years to my children's dad who I've known since I was in since I was five years old. Mm -hmm. And we have been we got married young, to be fair. But we have been through so much. And I literally taught myself how not to cry. So when I got the news, I wasn't in a mode of like just crying hysterically. I was like, okay, how the fuck I'm gonna beat this.
0: Yeah, you know, like,
1: sure. I was in straight survivor mode, which was cool, but it backfired because I wasn't able to truly deal with what mm-hmm. I was dealing with, right? Um, so during that process, I remember one morning in particular, um, I woke up at, like, I set my alarm at 6 o'clock. My sister will always try to get me on the prayer line. I'm like, I'm not getting on the prayer line. Yeah. I set my alarm for 6 a.m. My body woke me up at 5.59 on a dot, and I sat straight up a minute before and that was the first sign, like, okay, it's something that I need to take in. Yeah. And when I got on the line, she said some things that... It
0: resonated. Man,
1: I still have it in my notes. That was five years ago. I still have it in my notes to this yeah. day. And one of the things she said was that God was going to build me up privately and bless me publicly. Mm-hmm. And I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly believe that. So... I made a deal with God that because he saved my life, that I would do it his way now. Yeah. You know, I already, I always knew I had a purpose. It's just that I was straddling the fence. I would dip on his side, but then still entertain this side.
0: Yeah.
1: And there was a quote I read that said, because you are not hot nor cold, but lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. And that's basically like you can't straddle the fence. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to choose a side in everything you do. So I made the executive decision to choose his side Mm -hmm. in that time and promise myself that I would do it his way and and give him full control, not limited control, because I needed him to use me in a way that people would know that it was only him who did it, you know, and that I could not take credit for anything that was about to happen in my life. So once I went through that process, the first thing that came to me was to the youth, you know. How can I utilize my voice? I can't rap the things that I used to rap anymore because I don't live that life anymore. But how can I still use my voice? Mm -hmm. So I created um, uh, Keep Your Head Up Society. And the reason why I named it that was because um, that song had always been one of my favorite songs. But it literally got me through my entire cancer recovery, dude. So like, I, man,
0: you ever read his book, his poetry book, "Rose yes. from the Concrete"?
1: I got it in high school.
0: That is what set me on my journey with words. I'm, a, I'm a lyricist guy, so like lyricism is the the impact of words, yes. and that poetry book opened my eyes up to something. I didn't even know I had within myself and, yes. and just so when I hear you say that that song yeah I remember 96 90, 95 96 when I'd hear that in the middle of the night yeah. waking up hearing that song and and just there was something different about it, was. it. yeah
1: it was and there's like um, there's so many uh, words that he used in that song that resonated with me. And it took me back to my childhood, and it also made me feel like whatever you do next, yeah, make it count for sure. You know, so I had an idea like, hey, um, I'm real big on history, I'm real big on books and our history to be exact, right? And I thought to myself, why. Have they stopped teaching about our history? Oh
0: my God, you, I, I've you know? ha- I've had this conversation like they, during my time that I was in high school, middle school, high school, they taught this. Yes. And now with my children going through school,
1: they're not teaching. They it.
0: don't teach it no more. I have a thirteen year old right now; she should be learning about this. Yes. You know, you got you got statues across the the South mm-hmm. of all these type of generals and all these. These people that, you know what I mean?
1: Right. Or hi- history. Yep. But yep. you
0: want to ignore the other side. But you
1: want to ignore that.
0: yeah. And, and it, there's.
1: Our history did not stop at the civil rights movement. I can't. And that's what was disappointing to me. It's like we have kids who were born in the 2000s who are thinking that our history stopped in the 60s. You know yeah. what I mean? And It's disrespectful to people like us who grew up in the golden era. Mm -hmm. And I felt that it was important to make sure that these kids understood that there was history after that. And I've always respected not just Pac, but all of our great leaders, you know, just various of leaders who paved the way before us. And I felt like they needed to understand who these people Mm -hmm. were. Right. So the funny thing is I've never said this publicly publicly either. I actually reached out to Pac's sister when I created it. I didn't get a response because, probably because it's a little weird to DM somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but, I did it out of respect. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I want to create this curriculum based around the body of work of Pac and the proceeds can go to the Pac Foundation. You yeah. know, I'm not looking to capitalize off of it. I just want to get the history part into these babies' head. Yeah. So, We did five songs. Um, We did Keep Your Head Up, Brenda's Got a Baby, um, So Many Tears, Me Against the World. And it was, I can't remember the last one, but we did five songs. Each song they had to write a paper. That was the intro. Brenda's Got a Baby, Teen Pregnancy, um, Keep Your Head Up, War on Drugs, Mm -hmm. So Many Tears, Suicide. You know, I mean, Me Against the World, Suicide. You know, it was it was taking the context of what he was saying and Mm -hmm. putting it in the form in which they could understand.
0: I I don't think people understand when you call Tupac the greatest Mm -hmm. of all time, it's not, it's not so much about the body of man. He was, it's about what was in his words, what was in his, his uh, message down to his name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, The meaning behind that. It's, it's it, he was a beautiful man. Yeah,
1: and he and we, and, and a lot of us was raised. Yeah. off of so going back to like the whole Iverson thing, right? Yeah, you know, my parents were in the streets, yeah. so a lot of people who were born in the eighties but raised in the nineties, um, a lot of people in the entertainment field raised us. Yeah, so we looked up to them just like you would look up to somebody in your neighborhood, and he was one of those for me. Mm-hmm. And to me, I felt like it was absolutely disrespectful. Um, to the culture for (laughs) these babies, not to understand what he was saying and why he was saying it, especially because they were still going through it. So, um, Kaylin, rest in peace to Kaylin, she and Anthony McHenry at Milwaukee Academy of Science allowed me to come in and do, um, get a contract and do the curriculum. So they would write the papers, then we would work with producers to get a beat, then we would make a song and show them how to register it to BMI or ASCAP, then mm-hmm. put it on, you know, the platform so that they can get yeah. paid. But it was a it was a whole process. And then the pandemic happened, and that kind of shut everything down. Um, but I felt like I still needed to figure out, you know, how I would do it. So I just recently rebranded it. Um into uh, actual society, meaning like, I wanna partner um, with different organizations Mm -hmm. who do different things, um, so that we can exchange resources, but all of the resources are based off of helping people and based off of uh, spirituality. Mm -hmm. So just being able to guide people based off of my testimony alone, and then have others who have been through similar testimonies, um, use their resources and their insight you know, to kind of gather people and assist them on a journey. For sure. So that's where we at with keep your head up, society right now.
0: God bless it, because you know, like it, it it's these type of. It's a mindset. It is. I will say, you yeah. know, especially going through something like I've seen it. Um. God rest to my father in law. Mm-hmm. I seen what cancer could do in two weeks. Yes. Yep when it really wants to amp up, I've seen what it could do. A fully weighted guy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, I won't go too deep into it, yeah. but the how aggressive mm-hmm. it can be.
1: It was like that with my aunt. She had pancreatic cancer. <sighs> she got down to 60 pounds. Yeah. And the strongest woman I know, one of them, yeah. literally, to see her so vulnerable.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, so that, that moment, and, And I say this to say, during my recovery, so many things was revealed to me in in prayer. Mm -hmm. And once I came out of recovery, I felt lonely. Yeah, And it wasn't until maybe a year ago when I realized that I'm not lonely, I'm just set apart. Mm -hmm. And that people love to say, I'm a child. I'm walking his path. I'm doing his will. Not knowing that is hard. It is. It's a hard job. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for my cancer and I'm yeah. grateful for the recovery because the deal I made with him mm-hmm. is why I am where I am now. Yeah. Everything that has transpired, all the accolades and accomplishments, the reason why I don't really. I'm not a person naturally anyways who brag and boast. But the reason why I I shy away from talking about it so much is because it's not about the people that you see me with. Yeah. It's about the journey that God took me on. Mm -hmm. And I tell this story because the people in this city, I feel like that was, they had a feeling like when the Bucks won the championship, when they seen a picture of me at Iverson, right? Yeah. And the backstory to that is um, ever since I was in fifth grade, all I wanted for my birthday was to meet him, right? Yeah. And it wasn't an infatuation of the average girl like, oh, my gosh, I just like him because he cute and all of that. Mm-hmm. It was something about him and Pac that just drew me like <sighs> they were fearful. I it's mean, a manner- fearless. it's the mannerisms. No? It's the yeah. way you
0: you carry yourself.
1: They were fearless, and I literally wanted that every day, every year, right? And 2021, me and my best friend, Sharika, went to one of the classic games, Mm -hmm. and then one of the co-founders, Bobby Bates, I ended up talking to him, and he started to see the things that I was doing in the community and then brought Keep Your Head Up Society on as a community partner. So that's how I met Darius Miles. Okay. Um, so I would go and get sponsorship for Darius events, and then we'll do a community event, right? And Derek, shout out to my brother man because he is one of the most genuine people when it mm-hmm. comes to helping, and so is Bobby. And me and Bobby actually got the same birthday, which was dope, and we didn't yeah. find out, you know, until later on. But um, but Bobby Bates, I have to give credit to Bo because he is the one that made it happen. Yeah. Um, when we went to. The Classic Week last year, they were doing the award ceremony. And when he got up there, he was like, you know, the people that's underlooked, I'm tired of it. And, da, 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 and this young lady, she just got sponsorship for 200 kids. to, And I looked to the people that were sitting next to me. And I was like, is he talking about me? Right? Yeah. So I didn't hear nothing else after that. All I heard was Jasmine Tyler. And I lost my shit. Like, inside, because I was like, it was such a surreal moment Moment. that nobody around me could ever understand because they was not with me during the times Mm -hmm. when I I felt like I didn't know if my dreams would come true. You know, or not even just with it being that one specific person, but just to dream and have it come true, period. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, when I got the award and I got off the stage, Chuck... Iverson came up and he was like, Where you where you phone at? Let's take a picture. And we took a picture and he was like, People like us, we don't give up. Like nothing we do give up. And that was the first time I spoke in front of people I didn't know and I told my entire story. And for the first time in my life, I wasn't in the past or the future. I was in that moment. Present.
2: Yeah.
1: And I remember the year before I seen them I was like, you didn't get a picture all this time, man. And I was like, I'ma see him again. I don't I didn't know that. I just felt it. So when I posted it, when I posted the picture, some people who don't know me will, or even with the whole Iverson classic thing, they they would take it like some would yeah. take it like, oh, I have to attach myself to this because it's him and mm-hmm. da 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 No, you have no idea. Yeah. What it means for your dreams to come true, right?
2: Yeah.
1: And in that moment when the city seen it, I felt like I made other people, even adults, feel like their dreams could come true. Yeah, can. Okay. No matter what, you know.
0: I, I want to say entirely, I'm grateful you're in front of me. I, I, I don't think words do justice when I say I've been following. Mm -hmm. You know, and the accomplishments I've seen you go through. Because in the same light, I want to bring change to this city. Yeah, I want to unify all these stories. What you represent in my eyes is you're a leader. Mm -hmm. You're fierce. And you are someone that is great. And it's looking up to people like you to know that I can be, I can, I can, create a platform I can create a signature for my my mark my light in this world and with that yeah
1: what legacy is more important than life yeah so everything I do I'm intentional Mm -hmm. and what you just said is huge because that's literally my thought process during my cancer recovery What am I going to be able to leave my children? Mm -hmm. What will people say about me? Mm -hmm. You know, what mark can I leave? What impact can I make to make sure that the light I brought to this earth is carried on? And that's what I'm out here doing. Like, I don't care about status or you being a celebrity or any of that. Matter of fact, I don't even go looking for it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times it just comes to me. Yeah, But, what I have learned to do was accept it because I shied away from it for a lot because I don't I don't I didn't want anybody to yeah. perceive me as oh she had yeah. you know
0: You gotta embrace it. You you gotta stand in your light. And honestly I said this today to today I made two years of sobriety.
1: Yes. Let's go. Clap That's... it up for that. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Uh, so a whole lot of celebrations.
0: But I say it like this. You have a light in this world, light it the fuck up. Yes. Because I'm done sick and tired of dimming my life for Other others people. that don't appreciate what I'm yes. doing. And you know what? I don't need validation. I don't yes. need people. And really, like you said, I don't care about status. I care about the people who are making an impact in my community. Yes. That my kids, if anything happens to me. Yep. Since August 4th of 2022, I've been releasing an episode every week. Yes. And that is every episode my child, children can use for a blueprint yes. of what success looks like. Yes. So when I have someone like you, you've gone on to do great things. Mm-hmm. And through Meeting AI, mm-hmm. you've become the director of community engagement mm-hmm. and execution.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What was that like when you received that, that mm-hmm. title?
1: Now that was a time I did cry. (laughs) And Bobby (laughs) and Jay would tell you that because they called me literally in the middle of doing a tour at Journey House for a lock in. And Bo is Bo is like, you don't his tone sometimes you don't know what it's gonna be. Yeah. So he'd be like, Jazz, you know, sweetie. I, I just want to say, you know, we really appreciate. And I'm like, are they about to fire me? Are they about to say, <laughs> I don't want to fuck with you, no more? worry. Like, what's going on? <laughs> so I'm over here, like, about to cry because I'm feeling like mm-hmm. they about, like I did something wrong. Yeah. And then Jay hops in and he says his spill. And then Buzz, like, we want to um, make you the director of community engagement. And I was like, are you serious? You know, like, for real? And he was like, yeah. And I, and I cried. I cried because I think that was like the first time I really felt like like I, it take a minute for stuff to process with me. Yeah. When I reach a goal because I'm I'm running and running that I don't even pay attention to the fact that I'm almost at the goal. And sometimes I don't even have a goal. It's just I'm just doing the work. Yeah. So when someone not that I have to be recognized, but when someone recognizes your work. Yeah. It feel it's a different feeling. And the reason why I was happy wasn't just because of that title, but because I know that Bobby is invested into these kids just as mm-hmm. much as I am. And that's what I was most excited about that's because beautiful. he gets it. You know, he mm-hmm. he understands. He has his own story, but he understands the important the importance of giving back to the youth. And making sure that and being one of the only All-American game that do it authentically
2: yeah.
1: and really go to the trenches. Not for show, yeah. not to say, oh, we gave to this foundation, but no, you got Darius at the shelter cooking food with the staff and handing it out. yeah, You know what I mean? You have Bobby going to um, a facility with children from the state and giving them shoes and clothes, you know, and just buying breakfast and spending time with them. And it's like... This is what the work is all about. Right. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm just grateful that God used people to use me, yeah. not misuse me, but to use me. Yeah. You know,
0: who do you who do you think have been mentors and influences that have guided you uh, not only to get to this moment, but in the moment you're in right now?
1: One, the first person that came to my head is Ray Nitty.
0: Nitty.
1: And I met Nitty in 09. I was actually the first female on his label in 2010. Oh, wow. And Nitty has transformed into an amazing man, father and husband. And I have so much respect for him. Um, But it's the one-off conversations. Sometimes it's not. The quantity, but the quality. Yeah. So I don't look for a everyday talk. I look for the talks where it comes at a time so organically when you don't mm-hmm. expect it, but it's everything you needed in that moment, right? Yes. And that's what Ray does. Like, he is saying, it could be a text, like, keep going, man, I'm proud of you, or just instilling in me that I'm going on the right direction because he is a person who know me to be who I used to be years ago. Yes. So... I think the benefit in the music piece too is that people have actually watched me grow up because I got on the scene at 15 here. Mm-hmm. So they actually had the ability to watch me grow up. So the advice that he gives me and the encouragement he gives me, um, and, and reminded me to put my blinders on and to not worry about the noise and the chaos around me. Um, is something that I rarely get because yeah. I'm always the one giving it to people, yeah. you know? Um, my yeah. big homie Mike Kimmet.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: He um Mike is a an OG. And the thing I appreciate about him is his transparency. Mm-hmm. He's never going to tell you what you want to hear.
0: You need to appreciate people like that because there's a thin line between structured criticism mm-hmm. and 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 honestly negativity cuz I I man, there's some people that you know if you I can't understand structured criticism, mm-hmm. but if you're starting every conversation on a negative note with me...
1: Yeah, I can't do it. Can't do it. Because your energy is not coming from a, p- a place of love and yeah. peace, you know? And the last two yeah. is my best friend, yeah. Shanika she, uh She's an artist, a rap artist here. Um, me and Shanika started rapping together at 8th grade. Yeah. And she... Has never judged me. No matter what decision I make, she has never judged me. She has been nothing but understanding and an open ear. And I think that is so important in friendships and relationships. Mm-hmm. Because some you have to know when to your friend needs you to listen and not give advice. Yeah. You know? And she's done that our entire friendship. Like, it's so It feels so good to know that I have one person I can call about anything in my life. You need that. And know that she's going to hold me accountable, but she's going to ride for me. Mm -hmm. And she's going to uplift me in a way that nobody else can.
0: It holds the foundation. It 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 brings you back to the foundation. Yes.
1: And she does that. She always, I call it back to the basics. Yeah, When Jasmine Tyler, you know, is like (laughs) talking and she like, She bring me back to the little girl on Fourteenth of July. Yeah, and you need that. You You know, you need it. Um, and last, my father. Okay. My father, I'm I'm extremely proud of the man that he has become, and he had a life that I didn't know about until a few years back, as far as some of the things he endured. Um, but. Every day, whether it's Bible scriptures, whether it's me helping him with his sermon to preach on Sunday, whether it's whatever. My dad, I could talk to him about anything, you know, and he's not going to give me the runaround. He's going to spit it to me straight, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's important because I didn't always have that when I was younger with him. So it's coming. I've learned to accept that. The things you need may not always be there from the beginning, but they will be there when you need it the most. Yes. And for me, right now, I need my father more than I've ever need. And he's been there for me in a way that he has never been before. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm grateful for that. Man.
0: Well, it's God bless all those people you named. I I met Ray Nitty and we interviewed and um what Dope man (laughs) it's just he's inspirational Mm -hmm. um there was a touching moment towards the ending of the interview where he started talking about our youth yeah and it really it got emotional yeah and to show that type so i I just want to say that with him he really touched a chord with me Mm -hmm. and the respect that i have for him um where do you see yourself in the next five years?
1: I'm, I'm going to try to answer this the best that I can. And I say that because I've learned to set goals, but not really. Because once I realize that I have no control over my life and that God does, I've learned to only plan for what it is that he had for me, mm-hmm. which it's almost impossible because sometimes you just simply don't know. Yeah. I can say, "Hey, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go." And then he'll be like, "Oh, that's cool, but that's not what's about to happen." Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, what I will say is that whether it's a year, a month, 5 years, 10 years, I hope to be in a space where I can help as many people as possible, whether it's financially, mentally, you know, spiritually. Um, I just, I feel like my calling is so much more than what I'm doing now. And I think the frustrating part is I'm trying to get there at a faster pace than what I'm supposed to, Um, which is why I've kind of stepped back and taken time for myself to kind of heal. But I hope to be in in a place where I can assist a large amount of people at one time and globally, you know, not just in Milwaukee, not just around this country, but all over the world. Um, I really feel like my testimony can help people. Mm-hmm. I really feel like the grace that God has given me uh, will allow me to help others find, you know, find themselves. Yeah. Um. So yeah, at, at that age, Man. I will be grateful just to be alive.
0: What advice would you give? Now I usually say for the youth because this is primarily what I wanted, but you go f- beyond that. You you're you're in the community. Your boots down, like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, what what advice would you give for the struggles? The struggles that you know of that. The community endures on a day in day out words of encouragement what what would you give
1: number one don't stop dreaming Mm -hmm. I don't care how far it seems don't stop dreaming eventually that dream will will come a reality right Mm -hmm. um Pray for clarity because we are living in a different time. And if you don't have God's clarity, Mm -hmm. you won't know how to maneuver. Um, Pain is temporary. And if you learn how to embrace everything that you're going through, Mm -hmm. in that moment, you literally can understand what's happening and position yourself to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Because there's going, that's the ultimate test in life. Yeah. When trials and tribulations arise, we get stuck in that one moment. You know, why me? Why am I going through this? Well, because you just went through this last year and you didn't learn then. Yeah. So you have to be completely vulnerable to the fact that A, you don't control your life, God does. B, you have to embrace everything that you go through and be willing to let go of any any feelings towards people, things, situations that may have you stuck in a mind frame of being hateful and resentful. Yeah. And it's easier said than done because it took a while for me to get past that. But wherever there's anger, there is no peace. You know? Yeah. People who are angry cannot make a conscious decision on what to do that's right And It's not that you shouldn't be angry about certain things Because You should Especially yeah. the conditions that we live in mm-hmm. But Don't wait until You spiral out of, out of control mentally yeah. um, Before you seek help Don't wait until It's your child Who is out here You know Dead yeah. in the streets Before you get active For sure Don't wait until The last minute To do something You know um have compassion for your brothers and sisters and be understanding and not not just in a subjective way but rather the fact that what happened to us as a people is so large that we can't even begin to fully break down and understand how much work and how many years was put into making us live in the conditions that we live in. Yeah. So when you see your brothers and sisters out here acting a fool or they're going through something, understand that nine times out of 10, they don't even realize they don't, what yeah. they're doing because they have completely conformed to the ways that yeah. the but oppressors said that system. they should live. It, exactly. It's a
0: system. Uh, I want to say thank you. I I really felt I I love all my interviews. Mm-hmm. But this this is an important one because throughout this interview you've you've exemplified what greatness looks like mm-hmm. and just a, a voice for the community you come from, you've never forgot where you come from. Ever. And and that I can appreciate. And that I can, honestly, I take pride in. And and just watching you flourish, it's there.
1: I appreciate that because not to go too much longer, but people don't under, I think that we have to do a better job at showing people what we've been through instead of the end result. Yeah, Because a lot of these kids only see the end result, which is why they're looking to get it at a faster rate. We have to start telling our testimonies and being okay with telling it Mm -hmm. um, because it made us who we are and it gets us to where we, you know, are when it comes to achieving success.
0: I agree. I agree. What are ways people can contact you?
1: Um, Social media. I'm on Instagram at the Jazzy Effect. Um, My email is info at com. I'm sorry, KYHUsociety.com. I, I have to say this. <laughs> Go ahead. I have learned to balance my relationship with the community. Yeah. With my personal life. Because there was a point in time where people would call me all night. No. no. Mm-hmm. Or inbox me all night for, for everything. And although I'm flattered, you have to be mindful of what people yes. go through you mm-hmm. know and, and what their life is um so if you reach out please reach out with intent of knowing that I can get it done but also that I'm not about any foolishness you know yeah. because there are people who really need help mm-hmm. and if you are not one of those people don't contact me mm-hmm. because my mission is to help the people that truly needs to help
0: Man, you a blessing. <laughs> but I I want to say thank you. Um it has been a honor, a pleasure um, conversating with you. And I just want you to know I respect you. I'm a fan of your work. I in any way reach out to me mm-hmm. in any way I can help you move messages. Yes. Um these are what platforms are made for. Yeah. Um same here and I'm yeah, proud of you. Yeah, thank you. For real. Um you know, this is we as a city need to unite. Mm-hmm. We need to understand. It don't matter what background you come from. Yeah, we all can understand how to be there for each other. Yes. So, um, with that being said, thank you again. Let's get your head out.